Shigariya Vaishnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Shikartak Kartik Vrata Ki Jai. Sri Damodar Lila Ki Jai. Glorious devotees. Nantakota Vaishnavinda Ki Jai. Thank you so much for attending another presentation on the Damodar Lila during this extended month of Kartik for Sri Chaitanya Sangha. We will continue uh, where we left off in our last discussion. Uh, take me a moment to find the place. It did not properly mark it. The discussion between mother and daughter. So now we're coming to the actual event of the binding of... Uh, Lord Krishna, uh, a reminder that we are relating this Leela narrative uh, as presented in the Gopal Champu by Srila Jiva Goswami through the lips of Snigdakanta. And so the pursuing of the naughty child has transpired and he has been captured, and now we are at the place in the narrative where hmm, still having a problem here. 
technical difficulty. Anyway, I'll continue. Um, so the child has been captured, and now the task of binding him so that Mother Yasoda can return to uh, her homestead and try to put things back in order as milk has spilt from her breast under the floor. Yogurt has been spilt from the churning pot under the floor and butters have been uh, thrown from place to place as Naughty Krishna uh, became extremely upset. So we'll continue here, Snegdakanta continues in the narration to the residents of Goloka. Observing this, the ladies of Raj laughed and remarked, Oh, Vrajaswari, we already told you that this boy surely was, surely has some extraordinary illusory potency. On account of it, he even surpasses Kafaula, the foremost among thieves. He seems to be satisfied simply by eating stolen goods or by such acts he delights both the donors of those goods and the enjoyers of them. He is gradually gaining quite a reputation as one who steals others' possessions. Mother Yasoda responded, what does this recently born child know about being a thief? He does not know good from bad, but it seems that you are the ones who know some evil trickery. Although you actually favor him, externally you behave in a contrary way. At this, the ladies laughed. Oh, respected Sri Yasoda, they said, we take an oath at your feet that we have nothing to do with these astonishing powers. So Mother Yasoda at this point is trying to bind the child and she is not having success. And Mother Yasoda is thinking that perhaps the other ladies of Raj who are observing this incident are themselves uh, uh, casting some kind of spell uh, upon the incident uh, so that she can't bind her child because unfortunately they can't capture and bind the child. Krishna, when he comes to their homes and steals butter, feeds the monkeys and pinches the babies. They've had no luck at capturing him, but here Mother Yasoda has captured him um, and now she wants to bind him. They've not had such luck themselves. So uh, there's something extraordinary, of course, going on from a bhava standpoint. Uh, the leela itself is highlighting the extraordinary uh, loving affection Mother Yasoda has for Lord Krishna, the Vatsalyaras. And uh, it does far exceed the Vatsalya of all the other residents of uh, Gokula uh, who also have uh, Vatsalya for uh, Lord Krishna. Now, uh, their time will come to fully express uh, their Vatsalya uh, in direct relationship to Krishna, but this will be done in a in a in a, a very uh, clandestine, clandestine way during the Brahma Vimohan Leela, when Krishna enters their homes and takes up the position of their children. So. Uh, no one in this wonderful domain and no one in a relationship with Krishna, there's nothing held back in a full display and a full exchange of love uh, with the Supreme Lord uh, and his most intimate associates. Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, <clears throat> comments in this regard. How did Yasoda, 
want to measure him and bind him. We must conclude that this took place simply on the platform of pure transcendental love. This was the only cause. Advaita machutam anadim anantarupam ajam purana purusham navayovanam cha. Everything is one because Krishna is the supreme cause of everything. Krishna cannot be measured or calculated by Vedic knowledge. Vedeshu Durlabam. He is available only to devotees. Adurlabam Atma Bhaktao. Devotees can handle him because they act on the basis of loving service. Thus, Madhya wanted to bind him. Uh, just a reminder, the commentary that we are bringing into the discussion from the Acharyas in our line is coming from their commentaries on the Leela narrative as presented by Sukadev Goswami in the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in discussion with Maharaj Parikshit. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur writes, how then can he be bound up? The answer is given. He is bound by uncommon parental love. Though he is all-powerful, by his quality of being controlled by love, by his inconceivable energy, he is bound up. He is called avyakta because being controlled by love, he covers his powers and appears as human, even though he is beyond the material senses. Adoksajam. The strength of Yasoda's love bound up the Lord, who is the aggregate of all consciousness, just as one binds an ordinary child. Jiva comments, why? Did she not see his grandeur? She thought of him as her son because of her full rasa of vatsalya. His powerful portion was covered. She bound him around the waist. That is not mentioned because it is well known from his name, Damodar. She bound him so that it was not painful, but because she feared he would run away in fear. So it was not that she wanted to inflict any punishment, but she was actually afraid for, for, uh, for her custodianship over Krishna. Uh, he's already, he's become very frightened. Uh, I've chased him with a stick. I threw the stick away. But still, in our discussion, he's he said, maybe I should go live in the forest with the monkeys. Uh, maybe he'll leave. Maybe he will go. Uh, I, I, we couldn't bear it. His father couldn't bear it. What kind of a parent would I be um, if I let him uh, get away with such mich mis mischief? And what kind of a parent would I be if I... Uh, allowed him to run off uh, into the forest as a small child. Uh, Sanatan writes in this regard, she did this because her heart was flooded with affection for him as his mother and wanted to protect him. She tied him around his waist. So the various commentators are all looking at the incident and giving us some insights um, according to their uh, transcendental understanding. Continuing with the narrative. Finally, Sri Yasoda reasoned. As Sri Gargacharya said, surely some potency of Sri Bhagavan surrounds my son. This infant boy cannot know what he is doing. Just to put an end to this bewilderment, Sri Yasoda repeatedly called for more and more churning ropes from the homes of those gopis. Despite her persistence in her endeavor to bind her son, she could not find any way to accomplish the seemingly impossible task. 
Instead, Sri Yasoda, the queen of Raj, dripped with perspiration and curls of her hair fell over her face again and again. Finally, she became completely exhausted. Finally, Sri Krishna's heart was touched by the sight of his mother being so overwhelmed. And almost immediately, she successfully bound him with the two ribbons she had initially used from her hair. It was clear to all present that it was only these two ribbons that bound Sri Krishna. The other ropes she had used to tie him simply lay there. Sri Paul's comments in this regard, although Mother Yasoda in her attempt to bind Krishna added one rope after another, ultimately she was a failure. When Krishna agreed, however, she was successful. In other words, one, was, one must be in transcendental love with Krishna, but that does not mean that one can control Krishna. When Krishna is satisfied with one's devotional service, he does everything himself. Sevan mukihe jivadal swayameva sparachadal. He reveals more and more to the devotee as the devotee advances in service. Jivadal. This service begins with the tongue, with chanting, and with taking the prasad of Krishna. Ata Sri Krishna Namadi Nabavid Grahamindriya Sevan mukihe jivadal. So, Srila Prabhupada here is bringing out the position of the sadhika and uh, reminding the sadhikas, ourselves, of, of the position of uh, our devotional practice, that uh, there's no way to bind Krishna. Krishna is not something to be attained by some endeavor um, on our part, over and above an endeavor um, aimed at preparing ourselves for acceptance of the Lord's mercy and the mercy of his dear most devotees. There's nothing material. Atashri Krishna Nabadi, Nabavid Graham Indriya, the Indriyas, all of our Indriyas combined together and all the effort that we may put into a sensual approach to spirituality will not bear any free fruit. However, under good guidance, under the direction of the sadhus and the spiritual master, we're allowed to engage our senses with their benediction of instruction and with their benediction of opportunity, we're allowed to engage our senses, beginning with the tongue, where we're chanting prashadam, we're taking prashadam, we're chanting the holy name. Beginning with the tongue, we can begin to engage those same material senses, those indriyas that have that have no power. To capture the Lord, we can use those same senses under good direction to actually engage in service that will prepare the field of our heart to receive the benediction of devotion to Krishna in a most profound way. Uh, this is such an important point uh, to understand exactly what our position is in relationship to true spirituality. That isn't to say that there are not other disciplines where one can endeavor in so many ways uh, and make some progress, but when it comes to progress in unalloyed devotion, uh, the only thing that will qualify us is the benediction of the Lord or his devotee. This is what gives us the qualification. 
and for the perfection of those other paths of gyan and karma to engage in the other paths and even attain perfection in those paths there has to be a pinch of bhakti there has to be some something coming from the lord's internal potency the swarup shakti so fully grasping and understanding the distinction between the lord's various energies his antaranga shakti or swarup shakti ourselves tatasta shakti and his bahiranga shakti the material energy and understand directing our focus turning away from his external energy towards his internal energy that internal energy is not something that falls within the jurisdiction of our capacity to control to conquer over bishwadath writes in his commentary the boy was thinking i cannot be bound up because i must do my daily duties of stealing yogurt and playing with my friends his vibhuti shakti power of showing his opulence inspired by the satyasan kalpa shakti the lord's every desire should be fulfilled suddenly entered into his body at that time thus the rope became two fingers short she she got more rope and tied it together with the other rope but it was still two fingers short so vishwanath is pointing out the fact that even without even without krishna's an effort on krishna's part his various shaktis who themselves are conscious and aware were working for his ultimate pleasure jiva goswami writes the first rope was two fingers too short by chance all the later ropes tied together were also two fingers too short though through his vibhuti shakti because of his stubborn nature as a small child he could not be brought under control if two elements special intense praying for his devotee and his special mercy arising because of that praying were lacking so jeeva's now coming to the core in his commentary of the siddhanta regarding the incident of the tying of krishna the binding of krishna around the waist snigdakanta continues in his narrative it was actually shri krishna's maid servant his yoga maya potency who had understood his mind and accomplished the task of binding him this made mother yasoda feel that all those astonishing activities of shri krishna were an illusion when the rope was finally tied tightly around shri krishna's waist mother yasoda knotted it to another long rope which she then tied around the middle of the grinding mortar she had taught her son krishna a lesson by tying him up and thus showed him how unmoved she could be by his stubbornness For, to protect him she seated the other little boys around him and happily went inside with the giggling gopis to complete her household chores again much commentary here as the acharyas begin to unpack for us this leela narrative and uh extract from it the siddhanta regarding the incident in other words what's what was happening in the background although we're observing the incident just as mother yasoda and the other elder gopis are doing 
we're observing uh, as we, if we're watching a play, still there's all this background understanding which allows us to fully comprehend the emotional components um, of the incident and especially those emotive components of this Leela as they relate to the Lord's various energies working to facilitate those loving exchanges. So this is, this is the unique nature, as we've already discussed earlier, of Raj Bhakti. In Raj Bhakti, the Ashvarya of the Supreme Lord recedes and only comes forward when it can serve the bhava or the loving exchange between the Lord and his pure devotees, when it can nourish that bhava, when those various components of bhava, the stai bhavs, the anubhavs, the sanchari bhavs that come and go, when all these rise and recede and come forward during the leela to give bhakti rasa. So this bhava rasa, this is coming forth when there is this mixture. And the shaktis, the ashvarya of the Lord, is working to assist in that nourishment by bringing forth certain stimulants and udipanas, or in other ways, uh, facilitating the desire on the part of the Lord and the desire on the part of the devotee. So it is, of course, from our perspective, difficult to enter deeply into these understandings but the Acharyas, they're giving us some glimpse in their commentaries. They're pulling us in and they're saying, consider this, consider it in this perspective. So even here, when we hear the narrative, we can see that Snignakanta, uh, as Jiva Goswami has narrated uh, in Gopal Champu uh, through his dialogue, that Yogamaya stepped in because Krishna saw this extreme effort on her part. That was one of the fingers of the shortness. So the effort was there. And then Krishna, he also had his desire fulfilled and therefore the shortage the distance was easily covered. And it was arranged, as pointed out in Jiva's commentary, by Yogamaya. Vishwanath writes, seeing his mother becoming tired, the Lord gave up his own stubbornness and by his mercy allowed himself to be tied. His mercy is the king of all shaktis, illuminating, illuminating all else. It melts the heart of the Lord as if it were butter. Mercy's appearance made the Satchasankalpa and Vibhuti Shaktis suddenly disappear. So those two Shaktis, of course, were there, and they were fulfilling his stubbornness and determination not to be tied by his mother. But then mercy came, and that mercy as pointed out by Vishwanath in his commentary, it overrode that stubbornness. And the stubbornness was being, was utilizing, these two Shaktis were supporting that, that sense of stubbornness on Krishna's part, I will not be tied up. Vishwanath continues, the shortage of two fingers was filled by effort and mercy, the effort and fatigue due to service and worship, the steady faith of the devotee, Bhaktanista, 
and the mercy of the Lord arising from seeing that effort and fatigue. The steady quality in the Lord, swanista, these two cause the Lord to be bound. As long as these are not there, the rope remains two fingers too short. When these two are there, the Lord is bound. The Lord himself showed to his mother how only love can bind him. This is what the pastime illustrates. Jiva Goswami writes some further insight in his Bhagavatam commentary. So he's already giving us insight through the Gopal Champu narrative. And then in the Bhagavat, he's also added the following. On that day, Rohini had gone with Balaram to Upananda's house on, the on an invitation. If Rohini had been there, she would have prevented Yasoda from tying up Krishna. By qualities, he is perfect and the Lord, but one must consider his mercy to his devotee. Without that mercy, none of the qualities will give happiness to anyone. A person cannot be pleasant if he has a hard heart. If there is no mercy, qualities will diminish in value. Qualities which cause happiness in people are good qualities. Lack of mercy is naturally a fault. Such a fault cannot exist in the Lord, for by becoming an ordinary person with faults, he loses his status of the Lord full of good qualities. Mercy produces all other qualities and counters all faults. Therefore, it is the chief quality. Just as you are endowed with mercy by which your powers are hidden, so you are situated as the Supreme Lord, worthy of worship. By being endowed with the Shakti of Mahalakshmi, the Shakti of independence, the Shakti of wealth, all strength, and other qualities. So here, Jiva Goswami is quoting uh, a verse from the Bhagavatam's sixth canto. His commentary continues. That mercy corresponds to the nature of bhakti and is proper since in its absence there is fault. If unconditional bhakti controls the Lord, it is proper that mercy also controls him. By this, his powers do not decrease since they manifest elsewhere. For instance, though Krishna was bound up, he showed power to deliver Kuvera's sons by pulling down the trees. Rather, by the quality of mercy, since it is all attractive, the powers of the Lord double in potency. It is necessary that he is controlled by the devotees. And then he quotes from the ninth canto. O Brahmana, I am completely under the control of my devotees. I am not at all independent. My heart is controlled by the pure devotees. What to speak of my devotee? Even those who are devotees of my devotees are very dear to me. So this quality of, of mercy is being shown in, there, in the, both the commentaries of Vishwanath and Jiva Goswami uh, to be uh, the topmost potency of the Lord, uh, which reigns supreme over all others. And it was very nice the way Jiva Goswami brought out that even if a person has all good qualities, if he's if he if he has a hard if he's a hard-hearted person, then all those other qualities diminish in their capacity. So uh, mercy must be there, and that uh, the soft heart that's uh, displayed here by the Lord truly is, is the highlight of the whole Leela when he finally gave in through his soft heart to allowing himself to be bound by Mother Yasoda. And we can imagine from a Leela standpoint, 
what what Krishna is doing here, even as a small child, he he's he's allowing his mother to bind him. He he's allowing all his freedom to be taken away. He can't play, run and play with his friends. He, how much sacrifice Krishna, even as a child, is making in on behalf of and in supplication to the love of his mother. It, it truly, what to speak of looking at it from a pure ontological reality that the Lord himself is allowing himself to be bound um, up when no one binds the Lord. No one can bind the Lord under any circumstance. So here the key is given, and here also the key is given to the success of our own devotional practice so that we can keep ourselves fixed even at the stage of asadika in the proper mental temperament that allows us to proceed properly in our practice, knowing that whatever effort I can make, yes, we will make that effort, realizing that the, the final concluding perfection of any service that we have to offer to Krishna or his, his, his representatives and the community of devotees. The final success is always dependent upon uh, Krishna's mercy. Without that, nothing will be of any value. Nothing will be a success. And without making the offering itself in the proper mood of humility and, and, and ourselves taking on this humility that comes through a softening of the heart, um, then then what we have in devotional practice truly gains value. Otherwise, hard-hearted devotee will always have difficulty progressing nicely in their devotional service. We must be very gracious and, 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 and very um, put ourselves forward within the community of devotees, always in the most humble of attitudes. The narrative continues. Within a moment of the Vraj Gopi's departure, Sri Krishna manifested his pastime of crying, but he soon cheered up at the thought of pulling the grinding mortar around. He was tied up, but because he was surrounded by other little boys, he stimulated their desire for adventure. As he laughed and played with them, he slowly began to tug at the grinding mortar. The gopis, who had gleefully brought ropes from their homes to bind Sri Krishna, were now in Nanda Bhavan with Sri Yasoda. This meant that their homes were empty. Seizing that excellent opportunity, Sri Krishna directed his friends to steal the fresh butter hanging from the ceilings of their deserted homes and then eat it. Because Sri Krishna found pulling the grinding mortar so entertaining, he never even wanted to free himself by his own hands, nor by the hands of his friends. So you can bind him up, but Krishna, he remains his naughtiness persists, and now he wants he wants a little little revenge. So he's directed all of his friends. Look, the houses are empty. They've all gone with Mother Yasoda. 
uh, into my home so you can all go and eat freely from the butter they have hanging in their homes. Uh, and he's also enjoying uh, dragging around the grinding mortar. Uh, he, he doesn't want any freedom from it, but now it's become a plaything for him. Just then his eyes fell on the twin Arjuna trees, which stood facing the main gate and which swayed as if dancing whenever there was a strong wind. As Sri Krishna pulled the mortar along, he eventually crawled between the middle of the two trees. At this point, Snigdakanta, who had been loudly narrating all this with great excitement, suddenly realized, if I tell them that Sri Hari is the cause of the two trees falling, I will be glorifying his asvarya, or opulence. That would not at all be appropriate in this assembly of Rajavasis, who are absorbed in Sri Hari's madurya, or sweetness. I will conclude, I will conceal this fact and just tell them another reason why the trees fell. So a little, uh, a little adjustment by the narrator in trying to provide for his audience uh, what would be most pleasing presentation of the Leela. And that required, of course, his profound understanding of their hearts and the fact that to glorify Krishna's powers in that assembly uh, that is simply completely absorbed in the sweetness of his Leela, the Madhurya, uh, would not be appropriate. So therefore, he's going to make uh, a little adjustment uh, to his narrative. Uh, we might even call it a preaching strategy, adjusting the message for the audience and what will best nourish their understanding and enthuse their, their spirit, spiritual positions. Jiva Goswami comments in his Bhagavatam commentary, Yasoda bound Krishna and he freed others from bondage. The word too indicates a change of subject. Krishna was engaged in constant work indicated by the plural of household chores. She left him and went away since he was in the yard nearby. And he will be mentioned, as will be mentioned later. Other boys stayed there to protect him. Sanatan comments, though he was bound up, he could move. He is independent in moving. Prabhu indicates he was now independent in action and that he was capable of delivering the world because he was directly Bhagavan. Seeing the two trees, he desired to give them mercy. So he's now uh, wanting to spread, spread, the, spread the mercy around. Uh, he's extended some mercy to his mother, and now um, he has some mood to continue. Snegdakanta continues in his narration. Just as Sri Krishna came between the trees, he became filled with eagerness to proceed further and quickly crawled between them. The passage between the trees was narrow, and as he crawled away, the mortar became stuck. As Krishna jerked and tugged at the mortar with the conscious intention of breaking the rope that bound him to it, But instead, the two trees made a cracking sound as they were uprooted and came crashing to the ground, falling in opposite directions. The sound was so tumultuous that it made the Rajvasis feel more disoriented than deaf people, 
and it made their minds restless. Although Sri Krishna had uprooted the twin Arjuna trees, which were more powerful than thunderbolts, amazingly, he was still unable to break the rope that embodied his mother's intense attachment and relentless determination, born of Vatsalya Prem. So all the, all the inhabitants, I've, I've kind of cut the narration down a little bit uh, so we could cover more of it within our limited time, but it was a terrifying, terrifying sound. And uh, all the inhabitants of Gokula fainted and it's explained that they remained unconscious by Jiva Goswami and his Gopal Champu remained unconscious for one danda, 24 minutes. Only the children that were there with uh, Krishna uh, were not affected uh, by fear. Uh, from a distance, uh, Sri Vrajaraj and the other cowherd men uh, heard the tumultuous and terrifying sound and they rushed to the spot. And they thought, my gosh, there's no wind, there rain, there was no lightning, nor was there an elephant that had attacked. Uh, how could this uprooting have happened? Seeing his father approach, approaching from behind, little Mukunda began to cry. Although Sri Nanda Maharaj was still bewildered, he beamed a smile to pacify his darling child and quickly untied him. So Krishna's uh, using his unique position to uh, bring out the Vatsalyarath of Nanda Maharaj and, uh, and also accomplish uh, his desire. He, he wanted now to be free of the border. And therefore, he'd, he'd, he'd gone between the trees with that intent, but this other incident transpired. The trees fell. He was still bound at the end. Sri Nanda Maharaj kissed the face of his son, Sri Krishna, who spoke to Nanda Baba while crying. And although he knew why Krishna had to be bound, he repeatedly asked, Oh, my son, where is the wicked person who forcefully bound you to this grinding mortar? Eventually, Krishna, who was devoted to his father, climbed into his lap. With his arms around his father's neck and his voice quivering, he slowly spoke into his ear, Father, it was mother who bound me. Then also the, the, the children, uh, they spoke up and they wanted to give some recounting of the incident. Uh, they told them and told the older gopas and Nanda Baba, your father, your son pulled the grinding mortar between the trees and they fell. And these two divine personalities uh, came out. They had armor, they had crowns and earrings. They emerged from the trees and they were as bright as a fire, their effulgence. Now, Nanda Maharaj and the other older cowherds, they were a little, a real, little reluctant in uh, fully accepting the story of the young children. Uh, so they kind of uh, discarded uh, what they had to say. And they were also completely absorbed in, in their parental affection for Lord Krishna. Sri Yasoda, the wife of Sri Nanda Maharaj, felt so sad and embarrassed that she had bound Krishna that she refused to leave the inner chambers of the house. Since Sri Krishna and Balaram were quite young, they still needed their mother's breast milk. And cow's milk is the best representative of breast milk. Sri Vrajaraj first asked for some excellent white rock candy to be brought from the house. After distributing it to them and the other little boys like Subal, Nanda Baba, began squirting nourishing cow's milk from the cow's udders directly into the brother's mouths. After some time, he returned home and in a blissful, 
gathering, he took his evening meal with the two boys. After he finished his meal, they approached him along with Sri Rohini and said, they being uh, the other ladies, O king, Krishna's mother has not eaten anything all day, nor has she spoken to anyone. Rajaraz asked his son, my dear boy, do you want to go to your mother? Krishna promptly responded, no, no, I will stay with you only. Giggling, the wife of Sri Rajaraj's elder brother, Sri Upananda, questioned him, if you are only ever with father, whose breast milk will you drink? Krishna replied, I will drink warm squirts of cow's milk mixed with rock candy. They continue, with whom will you play? All the gopis ask. I will play with father and my brother too. Sri Rajras then asked, why don't you go to your brother's mother, Rohini? Tears welled up in Krishna's eyes and he angrily said, she was not there for me when I needed her. So from earlier in the narrative, we know that Rohini had gone with Balaram, had been invited uh, to another household. So Krishna is also upset with her because he couldn't take shelter of her uh, when he needed shelter from the um, anger of, of Madhya Soda. So upon the motioning of Sri Rohini, Balaram ran forward and seized Krishna's hand to bring him to her. But he wrestled out of Balaram's grip, ran back to his father's lap and tightly hugged him. While on the lap of Rajaraj, he stood up and draped his arms around his father's neck. Krishna gazed into his eyes, which were now releasing a stream of tears and absolutely captivated his father. Sri Vrajraj knew that really Krishna dearly loved his mother. To unearth this inner love, he raised his hand and said, if you tell me to, I will beat your mother. Sri Krishna could not tolerate this and tightly grabbed his father's arm with both hands. This made Nanda Baba laugh. He said, son, what will you do if your mother just, in this statement, Sri Nanda Maharaj jokingly implied the word that means the opposite of lives. Sri Krishna had the nature of a child and therefore he became overwhelmed overwhelmed with one for one of his mother. With tear-filled eyes, he said, where is my mother? I am going to her. In this anxiety, he stumbled into Sri Rohini's arms and a din rose as everyone began to laugh. Meanwhile, Sri Rohini, who bestows supreme joy upon all, entered the house with teary-eyed Krishna, who joyously embraced his mother. From that day onward, Krishna was known as Damodar, and uh, the narrative is concluded thus. Although Sri Yasoda repeatedly witnessed Sri Krishna's superhuman majesty, this majesty never even slightly affects her vatsalya or motherly affection for him. Which scholar on earth is really able to praise her? Sri Sukadev Goswami has even stated that what to speak of others, Sri Brahma, Sri Sankar, and Sri Lakshma, Lakshmi have failed to achieve even a hundredth of the satisfaction and happiness of what Sri Bala Mukunda, he who bestows liberation, has awarded Sri Yasoda. In other words, from the perspective of Bhakti, Sri Brahma, Sri Shankar, and Sri Lakshmi have failed to achieve even a small fraction of a fraction of Sri Yasoda's Bhakti. Uh, there's much in Siddhanta 
that we could bring out, but our time is a little limited. Uh, so at this stage, we'll complete the narrative as follows on the sweet note of the author, Srijiva Goswami comments. As all the members of the assembly returned to their respective homes after hearing Sri Damodar Leela, they felt as if they had directly witnessed that festive pastime. And then the hidden secret regarding the nature of the transcendental bards is brought out. I've just taken the essence and I'll share that with you here. Snigdakanta said, so he, they had been questioned by Nanda Maharaj and they tried to keep hidden uh, their direct participation in this uh, Leela. But um, he wanted to know and he, he pressed them on the matter until they revealed directly and Snigdakanta uh, was forced to say, the twin trees or the sons of Kuvera, Nalukuvar and Mani Griva received the supreme destination of residing in Braj in exchange for their insolence at the lotus feet of Devarshi Sri Narda, which are a shower of all types of bliss. Those two, are none other than we, the two present before you. So now we see into the nature of these true two transcendental bards and how they themselves entered into Vraj Bhakti by the grace of uh, Sri Narda. So with that, we will conclude today's uh, presentation. Next week, we'll, we will do a, a gloss of the Damodar Astika of Satyavrata Muni. Uh, that in itself could have been the entirety of my presentation. Uh, but we've taken a different approach this time. So next week, we'll just quickly go over uh, the extreme and extraordinary nature of that um, uh, transcendental song. And we can see how, how extremely powerful uh, these, this kirtan of the Lord's name, form, qualities, and pastimes is. So this particular Damodar Astika uh, utilizes, uh, utilizes this Leela uh, to, to train us in both Siddhanta and in uh, Bhakti Rasa. Um, and it, it gives us a, a, a unique uh, gateway uh, into the Leela. So annually we're reminded of this this as during Radha's special month, we're reminded as we sing daily uh, the song of, of the immense uh, good fortune bestowed by Lord Krishna on Mother Yasoda and that has been shared with us uh, uh, through the mercy of such of Ratabuni and all the great commentators in our Gaudiya line. This is part of the Gaudiya tradition, this one song regarding this one Leela and all that's contained in it and can be unpacked from it uh, just gives us a, a glimpse of how all these various narrations um, are taken into kirtan and from that kirtan we can enter deeply into the leela ourselves so this is our our unique method of perfection 
in this age of Kali. By the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates and all those coming uh, in disciplic succession from them. I thank you very much for your kind association. Vanchakalpatubhyascha, kripasindabhyevacha, patitanam pamanebhyo, vaishnavijinamo namaha. Hare Krishna. Krishna Kirtana Gana Nathana Palau Premamritam Manidhi Dheera Dheera Jana Priyau Priyakarau Nirmat